So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all wanna create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we wanna do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Whether you're watching or you're listening, uh, know that I'm always grateful for you and would love even more comments and feedback on what we're doing. Um, on today's show, I actually carved out a piece from last year's Success Summit. One of the questions I get more than anything else is sort of this, this hey Tom, how do I grow? How do I grow my business? And rather than you know, giving you very specific tactics, I wanted to be a little more macro in my approach. Buckle up, listen, enjoy, and make sure you leave a comment at the end. See you soon. Now this one I love. I would say get your phones out, but you, you're gonna get all the slides. How many of you ever ask yourself this question? What should I mail to my database? Whoever asked themselves that question? What should I mail? So we asked all of our best clients, and there's a group inside of Team Plus that they mastermind a lot. And what they're always looking for is, what's the easy thing that I can do every quarter to educate them and to stay relevant? So take a look at what they're sending every quarter. So every quarter, I'm not gonna send them my entire year, but that's a brilliant piece. I'm gonna send them Here's all the transactions we did in the first quarter. Here's all the transactions we did in the second quarter. Here's all the transactions we did in the third and the fourth. Now, if you say, but Tom, what if I only did like four transactions? Make the photo of the houses bigger. <laughs> make sense? If it was only one, make it fabulous. But in this case with Tom, it was 262 last year. Then once a quarter, How's the local market? And he gives them a snapshot on each of the areas that he serves, the average sales price, the number of homes sold, and the average days on market. But this goes out in February, then in April. You with me? Like, it's every quarter automatic. And I love the last one. Top things to do this summer, this fall, this, you know, this spring, whatever it may be, every quarter, repeating the same process, creating that familiarity, creating that trust, and staying relevant. Make sense? All right. So again, we call that the ultimate quarterly marketing sequence. So let's go to the next one. Okay. Who in this room has ever screwed up on a transaction? Okay, all of you raise both hands. Who was ever screwed up on the transaction, lost the business, but ended up saving the day and doing the deal anyway? Good for you. Watch what my client Josh Rubin did. He posted this on Instagram. Josh sells New York, closed for 9.55 million. Grateful beyond words for our most recent closing at 550 Park Avenue. After a year on the market, I was unceremoniously relieved of my duties in representing this listing. Not knowing the word quit, I took the high road and graciously submitted our list of six buyers to be excluded from the new broker's agreement. 
Recently enacted mansion, blah, 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 transfer tax, yada, yada, I sold the frickin' house, right? After he was fired. Do you have the courage to tell people that you got fired and you don't understand the word quit and you do whatever it takes? I would argue if you use niche reviews or case studies to demonstrate your ability to manage more challenging projects or transactions, you separate yourself from the competition. Make sense? Let's keep going. This is an easy one. Now remember, you only have to pick three to five. You only have to pick three to five. So, so far, do you guys have a few ideas you can implement? Do you guys have a few ideas you can implement? Okay, so before I show you even one more, debrief your buddy right now. What are the two to three referral campaigns you're going to implement in the fourth quarter? Debrief with your buddy right now. What are the two to three that you're going to implement in the fourth quarter? So let's keep going, you ready? Shh. I'm gonna give you three or four more and then we're gonna transition. So should you call your entire database at least once a year and say, are you living in your dream home now? Because what's the answer for most of them? No. Well, with everything happening in the market, have you guys had any thoughts of selling? When they go, uh, what does that mean? Yes, that means they're thinking about it. Then I say, well, do you know anyone else that's had thoughts of selling if they don't give us the answer we want? Or who do you know that's tried to sell in the past and it didn't work out? The bottom line is, if you don't ask, you don't get. But let me show you a couple more easy ones. I would argue that you should ask every person in your database in the beginning of the year, would they be willing to send you just one referral for the year? Just one. Now, some of you are a little crazier, and some of my clients are doing this. Hey, will you send me 10 referrals this year? Oh, God, Christina, 10, I don't know, maybe three. You with me? Some of you will get that later. Okay, I'm gonna give you two or three more, you ready? This one is something that we discussed at a very exclusive mastermind recently with like 37 people, myself, two days, Jay Abraham, in an insane kind of marketing conversation. We talked about growing your sphere and trust through strategic co-marketing with other business professionals. So try this on. I would argue that you should do co-branded services marketing with you and your lender, your favorite restaurant owner, your attorney, your CPA, and more. So in your notes, write this down. What I'm talking about, Scott, is one time a month, you write an email or a video where you recognize why you love your CPA, how she has saved you money, and how she is the ultimate person to help anybody navigate through their tax situation. Now, Dave, if I write that about my CPA, do you think there's a chance she may reciprocate? What do you guys think? And again, the force multiplier kicks in. Alan, you and I both know the whole game is trust. And if I write a letter and say, Sal is the best restaurant in the town, and if you haven't been before, he's even giving you a $100 gift card on my behalf if you just mentioned my name, which he would do, if Sal turned around and sent to his email list, I know there's lots of real estate agents in Newport Beach, but this guy, Tom Ferry, is the real deal. He helped me here, here, and here. And if you ever have any thoughts of buying or selling, he's the guy. That type of marketing in this environment where everything 
is based on trust and reviews is killer marketing. Let's keep going. Grow your sphere through influencers. Write this in your notes, you ready? How many people follow you that have more than a thousand followers on Instagram, Facebook, etc.? How many people do you know that have influence? And I don't mean like, well, maybe, maybe she's the beauty gal who talks about makeup, but she'd probably charge you for this. But it could just be a friend of yours who has tremendous reach, who's just respected in your marketplace. In spring, I would argue that you should interview them on video. Talk about their area of expertise. They will in turn share that video on their social channel, introducing you to everyone that they know. By the way, guys, look up here. This is what every podcaster and influencer is doing right now. I've got 10,000 people, you got 10,000 people, let's both bonnie on each other's shows, and we both get a 2,000 person lift. It's happening every single day, and I would argue you should do the same. I'm gonna give you one last one. I want you to be the educator. I had a friend of mine from Bank of America come to my office and do a meeting called How to Buy Your First Home from a loan officer's perspective. Jeff has now done, I wanna say, four loans just from my office alone and probably refining all four of them this week. Think about it. What if you contacted CEOs of local companies, small businesses, large businesses, 50 people, 100 people in your town, and offered a no-obligation seminar where you teach people how to buy their first home? What if you did something like this? What do you think would happen? What do you think would happen? So, I'm gonna stop talking about referrals for a minute. I'm gonna remind all of you that inside of a loom, my dear friend Jay Abraham is gonna start unloading valuable free content for all of you on things like the 37 best headlines ever produced in marketing. This is actually now in a loom. The 100 greatest headlines of all time and 10,000 different samples so you never have to reinvent the wheel again. Is that a cool little gift? Do you guys like that kind of stuff or no? We'll see. All right, so let's transition. Do me a favor right now, and I want you to go back to the beginning of your workbook. And I want you to scan all of the best ideas, the things that you want to do, and I want you to find just five things you're going to do. Just five. And so you know, it is 4.30 by my watch. We'll be done at like 5.15. Is that cool? Okay. And what time tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. do we start? What time at 9.30 does Chris Voss go on? Do you guys know who Chris Voss is? 20 years, best hostage negotiator on the planet for the FBI. And one of the five superpowers for us is negotiation mastery. So, stop and write. Go through all of your notes. What are the three, four, five 
most important ideas that you're going to implement. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work and the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. Okay, so do me a favor, look your buddy right in the eye and say, it's all about action, baby. So do me a favor, Paul, thanks for that text. Sorry about this morning. Look your buddy right in the eye and say, what are your limiting beliefs again? How is that showing up for you? Do you guys want to do that exercise on Thursday? Raise your hands if you absolutely are committed to remove two or three limiting beliefs that have been stopping you from shooting videos or anything else. Say aye. All right, just got to get a little gauge of the room and all my friends on Livecast, same thing. So I'm going to transition because I want to reveal something and then I'm going to tell you a story and then we'll be done at like 5.15ish. So sit up straight in your chair for a second. Sit up straight in your chair. Take a big, deep breath. Look your buddy right in the eye and say, I'm alive, excited, and full of energy. Do me a favor. Look your buddy right in the eye and say, whether you like it or know it, we are at war. Now, if you remember, Lydia, in my opening, I said to you, and it kind of went by like that, there's a $16 billion ad spend. There's been $7 billion invested in our industry, and so most of it is trying to disrupt the industry or remove commission dollars from the agents. We made an investment about three years ago into our business with only one mission. How do we create more intelligent, data-driven, real estate rock stars. So watch this. I'm gonna reveal something, and all, all my coaching clients raise your hands really high. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking directly to you, and all my friends inside the room, and all my friends around the world on the live cast, this is absolutely related to you just as much as it is to all my clients in the room. I'm gonna give you some numbers, you ready? What if I told you that Teresa, just in the last 12 months, We've had 238,000 coaching sessions recorded. 238, we have more that you went like this. I don't want that on video. You with me on this? But we've had 238,000 where you and the coach both said, that's good. That represented over 7 million minutes of conversation between Rockstar agents and their coach. 658 million words back and forth. What if I told you that when we started this project three years ago, when I said we should be the first and only tech-enabled video-first coaching company, my team looked at me like I was crazy. Today, they're saying to me, what else do you think we should do? Because are you familiar with the phrase data lake? Have you guys heard that phrase before? 
So imagine all these conversations. Do you think I listen to every one of your coaching sessions, by the way? My wife and I just lay there in bed at night. I'm like, honey, should we have sex or just watch coaching sessions? I mean, we have better things to do. But the machine learning side of what we picked up on, I'm going to reveal for you right now. So what if I told you, remember the top 30% of our clients are at 44 closed transactions by July 1. I want you to write this down. Ready? Because I'm going to tell you the four most important things they are working on in their business right now. The four things that we hear on the coaching sessions over and over and over and over and over. And I would argue, my friends, success leaves clues. And if what's working is these four things and I'm doing anything other than that, I would argue you're going against the grain and you're going to lose. So you ready? Here's what I want you to write down. When we analyzed all the data, Chris, of the top 30% of our clients, we discovered four things they talked about all the time. And what I'm going to ask you to write in your notes is, this needs to be an hour a week in your business forever. You and your coach, if you don't have a coach, you and your manager, you and your puppy, you and someone. But if you're not working on your business and building your castle and digging your moat, I would argue you're leaving yourself very vulnerable. I don't want to be a fear monger. I want you to do something about it. So here's the four things. You guys ready? Number one, write down my business intelligence versus the market. So every week, our best clients are going through and analyzing all of their numbers. How many listings have I taken to plan? What's my conversion on appointments? How many conversations do a closing? And then they compare their numbers against the market. Tell your buddy, honestly, every week, do you analyze your business intelligence, your business, your numbers, and then compare it to the market? Tell your buddy, yes or no? Yes or no? I want to hear it real loud. Okay. So if, if several thousand people are at 44 closed transactions by July 1, and the one thing that they talk about nonstop is their numbers and the market's numbers to make sure that they are in alignment, is that something we should emulate? What do you guys think? I'm sorry? So what is that first point? What is it? Business intelligence. Hey, I'm averaging 10 listing appointments to take six listings, but I'm only selling three of them in the first 30 days. Should I make some adjustments? What can I do to get to seven or eight? Or I'm only getting this percentage of commission. What adjustment am I going to make? They're actually looking at the data and quantifiably looking at their business versus how do you feel? Look up here. I care how you feel, but I don't give a shit how you feel as it relates to your numbers and your goal. Does that make sense, everybody? Yes or no? Okay, number two. They check in with their personal motivation. Their personal motivation. 
why in the world am I working this hard? What am I working towards? Who am I working for? What is the impact I'm trying to make? Why am I doing this? Look up here, guys. Side note. Do you guys know who Charles Darwin is? Do you know who Walt Disney is? Right? Disney across the way, Charles Darwin, we talked about it earlier. There's a wonderful study that's about to come out from HBR, and it's basically called The Pursuit of Happiness Through the Lens of Charles Darwin and Walt Disney. I think that's going to be fascinating. I'm going to give you the early hook. So when you see the article, you could say, oh, I already found out about this. I know about it. It's basically the study of sustainable happiness. Look up here, guys. Is there anybody in the room besides me? Is there anything else we really want in life other than sustainable happiness? Like, just to be genuinely happy and optimistic most of the time, would that not be a great thing? Yes or no, guys? And yet, you know, with 5,500 people inside this room, there's at least 55 people that are near suicide as we speak. There is at least two-thirds of you, right, that are probably depressed most of the time. You're like, I'm doing my affirmations, and then I'm drinking vodka, and it's eight in the morning. <laughs> and you laugh, because you kind of know it's true. So in this article, they asked the question, how do you sustain happiness? And there was only two answers. Do you guys want to know the two answers? Do you want to know? Are you sure? Because William, it's always the easiest things. And I asked my coaches yesterday as I was sharing this, and they said, oh, it's going to be relationships, it's going to be gratitude, it's going to be faith. And I was like, all those are good, but they're not the answer. The number one answer of sustained happiness is contributing to others. That the number one sustainable habit for sustainable happiness is to give back, is to help. That could be in a food kitchen or mentoring a friend. It could be coaching on a soccer field or coaching in the boardroom and helping a bunch of people make better decisions. But it's the act of helping others that pumps up our endorphins and makes us feel fantastic. But then there was a second one. And guess what it is? And by the way, what business are you in? You're in the business of helping people do what? Interesting. So you're in the business of happiness. Isn't that awesome? Here's the second thing. They said, without a shadow of a doubt, those that are always learning are always the happiest. Those, those two. That'll be, we'll see that in the next 60 to 90 days on, on a Harvard Business Review article. And it'll seem, you know, light and airy. But ask yourself, when you're deeply focused on you and all your issues, how happy are you? When you walk by and look in the mirror and you're like, you're looking fat, it doesn't exactly make you say, and I love you. <laughs> Those two things. So when I say to you the number two thing that our best clients are doing is they're going back to their root of their motivation. They're going back to their goals. They're going back to why they're doing this. That's why it's so important, number three. Ready? Consistency on marketing and lead generation and conversion. 
every week, every week, every week, every week. What's my plan? What's going out? How many calls? How many emails? How many direct mail pieces? How many open houses? Consistency, 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 consistency. Every week, every week, every week, every week. Now let's just stop, my friends. If every single person in the room just did those first three things for an hour every Monday, what would happen to your business? Every week for an hour on Monday, what would happen, my friends? Would it go up or down? Would you become more systematic, more sustainable, right? Would you build that castle wall, dig that moat, be a little less likely to be impacted by all the changes? I would argue yes. And the last one, number four, write this down. That they work on the people and systems of their business helping their buyer's agent, working with their assistant, improving, you know, the experience or the culture inside their office. That it's these four things, when we went in and said, let's do a little machine learning and let's extract from this group, what are they always talking about, Stephen? This is all we saw over and over and over. And I would argue, my friends, if I was sitting in a room like this and a couple thousand people are at 44 deals closed by the end of July, and this is how they were spending their time, I would very quickly align my behaviors. How about you guys? So tell your buddy how you're gonna do that. Tell your buddy right now, how are you gonna take that and align it and integrate it into your business? Okay, dude. Dude who just walked in the fancy white suit. Dude, stand up. That shit's hot. Is that actually a Star Wars character? Is that like the Stormtrooper? Okay, no, don't give him a microphone. I just want to acknowledge he has no problem standing out in a crowd and showing how much of a rock star he is, ladies and gentlemen. Give him a nice round of applause. I love it. No. All right. So do me a favor. Actually, I'm going to tell you a story and then I'll wrap it up. How many of you, when you think about the market shifting, get excited in a positive way? How many of you that just went woo or clapped know that you're totally full of shit? Everybody go like this. You've done this with me before. Go like this. Put your arm out like this. You know, touch the person in front of you if you want. It's totally fine. This, my friends, this, my friends, is the future of your real estate practice, right? This is you building your castle, digging the moat, becoming the most recognizable agent, shooting videos, crushing referrals, dominating all the things we're going to discuss over the next four days. Now go like this. These are your current behaviors. Now, I want you to be, be more extreme. It's okay, smack your neighbor. They all signed the waiver. So here's the question, you ready? When I say to you, I want you to go all in, I want you to be undisruptible, I want you to be the force in your marketplace, I want you to 2X, 3X, 4X your business over the next few years, I'm talking to this human being, not this one. You with me? This one over here, says, I don't like shooting videos. I don't like making phone calls. I don't like when the client's mean. 
I don't want to get better at negotiation. Like, this person over here is going to get their butt. Did I say Simon Says put your arms down? You all need to work out a little more. So here's the question. How do we address the disparity between what we know we have to do and our current behaviors and align them? How do we do that? Do you guys want to know? Okay. So play along with me for a minute. In 2013, I visited a place with my family and another couple and their kids, a place called Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Does anybody know Jackson Hole, Wyoming? Right? Spectacular. We show up. It's the middle of the summer. It's a couple weeks before the summit. Kids are, let's see, 2013. So they're like, you know, 13 and 15. And my buddy and his wife, two daughters, they're the same. And I called down to the concierge, and I'm like, look, I know it's Jackson Hole, and I know it's summertime, and I know it's really busy right now, but we'd love to get out and go river rafting. And the woman said, no problem. And I was like, really? I thought it'd be busier, and I'd have to... She's like, you're pretty much... You can go any day this week. I was like, awesome. She goes, but you should know that the water's running really high right now. And I said okay, because I have no bearing of what that means. So I say, well, you know, we'd like to go tomorrow. And she's like, no problem. I'll book it for you. Do you guys going to drive or do you want the transportation? I said, we'll drive our own car. We get in our little jalopy. We ride over there. We show up. And there's basically no one there except for the people that work there. And they're all like smoking cigarettes like a bunch of crack addicts. And they look at us and they're like, you guys really want to go? And we're like, yeah, we want to go. I mean, we're in Jackson Hole. It's 85 degrees outside. It's beautiful outside. We want to play in the water. It'd be super fun. And this woman about this tall, like literally looks at everybody and goes, I got this. Come on, get in the van. We're like, all right, we get in the van. You know, you get in the van, you drive all the way down. The boats are already there. We show up, and as we start getting closer, she's like, how many of you have done this before? And by the way, there's a couple that are also with us in the van that are like 117 years old. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, I, I mean, I've done it before. I was in Vail once and some, someplace else. And she's like, the water's running really fast. And I was like, yeah, and really high. And I was like, what does that mean? She goes, well, to give you context, it's normally at 12,000. It's at 25,000, which basically means cars are inside the water and the entire world is flowing down the river. And my wife looks at me and she's like, what are we doing? I was like, we're going river rafting. They wouldn't let us go if it wasn't safe. My boys are like, this looks great. And then, Steve, we walk up to the little place and they put us in full gear. I was like, I wanted to be like, take my shirt off and go in the water. And they're like, there is no taking shirt off. There is no going in the water. She gives us booties, full plastic gear. And then I should have known when she's like, here's a helmet. I was like, you know that vision you have of river rafting with like a coolie and a beer? And you're doing circles and you're jumping off with your family? 
this little woman goes, let me explain how this is going to work. The water's running high and the water's running fast. When we get inside the water, it's going to be calm at first. And I'm like, okay. I'm not like fully listening. She's like, let me explain. When we get to the first set of rapids, I'm not going to say row. I'm going to scream row. And when I scream row, and she's looking at me and my buddy Claude, she's like, if you two don't row your asses off, children are going to die. Now, she didn't say that, because that would be bad for the waiver in her Yelp review. But what was she saying when she's like, you two have to row your face off? And I'm like, okay, I got it. I got it. We got to row. So we get in, and now, of course, what's my heart rate doing? I'm on vacation. I was drinking Chardonnay the day before outside. La, la, la. We're in the mountains. This is fun. And now, my heart rate's going. I'm looking at my wife, who is just very Italian, olive skin, that's now turning yellow. Because she's looking at her babies and saying, they're going to die, you're going to live, and then I'm going to kill you. So we get in the thing, and we're cruising, and I'm like, this isn't that fast. We're just, I mean, whatever. I mean, yeah, the water's moving, and yeah, it's a little bit high, and the water's a little murky, but... I kind of want to take this little thing off and jump in the water because it's kind of nice. And I'm like, see it? I'm like telling her, I'm like, I'm going to zip this thing down. And she's like, do not put that thing down. Right, and she turns around. Like, now she's, you know, they stand at their back of the, of the boat. She's looking around, looking at us, checking everything out, looks at my kids and says, take your feet and jam them under the wood plank. My boys are like, and I see, like, my son Stephen, like, grab the rope on the side of the boat and wrap it around his wrist. He's smart. And she says, you can't do that because you have to row. And this intensity in her eyes made me feel, like, nervous and anxious, like, holy shit, what's coming? But outside, it's beautiful. It's like right now, you're like, Interest rates are low. I got money in the bank. This is awesome. I'm in Anaheim at a seminar. I'm going to drink in five minutes. That was the mindset that I was in. Until it started to speed up. And as it started to speed up, I found myself, because now Claude is here and I'm in here. We're the men. We're supposed to take care of our families. This is our tribe. I'm on this side, he's on that side. He's mad because he's also this handed, so he's got to go this way. And all of a sudden, it starts picking up, and she's like, Start rowing. Row faster. And we're, see, we're, we're rowing, but we're just rowing basically into our death. You know what I mean? Because we could see the white water and all what's coming up. And she starts from this cute little screaming When we get to the peak, if you stop rowing, we will not make it out and die. That time she said it. And I was like, I'm on vacation. And my buddy Claude is like the biggest smile on his face because he is just, you know, he's all blissed out. Ah, this is going to be rad. And we start rowing. And if you guys know the experience, we get to the first peak. The boat goes up like this. 
I'm now rowing into air. You with me? But she's screaming, row, row. And I'm like, in the air. Just freaking out. And then what does the boat do? Now I am looking straight down and I'm rowing into the water and I feel like, do you guys remember the show, Land of the Lost? Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. It's the Land of the Lost. Ah! Sorry, Hanna-Barbera kid. We're rowing and literally the boat hits the bottom and then bends like this. And I am now with my wife's back, like her chest, hitting my back, and this gal is screaming at the top of her lungs, row, 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 row. And I'm watching my boys who are kind of, and we get stuck, and then all of a sudden, Carlton, we start coming out of this thing, and I, I mean, I am full workout, all I'm thinking is, I'm gonna die, they're gonna die, get the hell out of here, screw this, go back to the hotel as fast as I can, and all of a sudden, boom, we make it off the lip, and it lands, and the water goes calm. And she goes, good job! And we're like... (laughs) And like, my heart rate's beating right now, just thinking about it. And she said, that was the easy one. We spent the next three hours with a woman this high screaming at us, row, row. My boys, who had never been disciplined up until this moment, are suddenly like, (sighs) and my buddy's two daughters who were, "Ah!" my wife freaking out, rowing as fast as she can. And you know what? We had a peak that made the first one like, straight up, and it literally felt like we did this. Now, you know what that actually means. It probably was like this, but it felt like that. And literally, I feel like I'm falling out of this thing, and this gal's back there going, row, 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 and boom, we come out again. And it made me think, that is exactly what every one of you need to do. Do me a favor. Turn to your buddy and say, you need to row your face off. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.